Thank you for joining us. We are Finding God in Video Games, and today we are going to talk about a dino crisis that is currently happening in the video game industry right now. Well, dino crisis fans, it looks like our long wait is finally over, and Capcom is finally giving us the sequel that we've been asking for. Wait, wait, um, no, no, that's, no, this, this is not dino crisis at all. That's not a new dino crisis. That's not, this isn't even a remake of dino crisis. What is, so it's not dino crisis. Exoprimal. Like, I don't even know what that means. What is an exoprimal? Never even heard of that. Or to quote, or maybe misquote Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Why is an exoprimal? (laughs) How is it that Capcom finally decided to pull the lever that's marked make a dinosaur video game and something other than a new dino crisis is being made. That doesn't make any sense. It kind of feels like a, a cruel bait and switch, if I'm being honest with you. Me, along with any of my fellow long-suffering fans of Dino Crisis, probably feel a little bit misled about mm-hmm. this. Now, I know it's unfair to think that every dinosaur-based video game has to be a new Dino Crisis, but come on. I mean, this is from Capcom, mm-hmm. the studio behind the Dino Crisis games. It has random dinosaurs appearing in it for no real good reason. It features a red-headed protagonist with a haircut mm-hmm. that bears more than just a little resemblance to the main character from Dino Crisis. I mean, for goodness sakes, there's even a former producer from Dino Crisis that's on the team that's making Exoprimal. That doesn't make any sense, I, mean, I can't I don't... help but feel... Like, this new game is willing to give me a few of the pieces of what I'm looking for from a Mm. Dino Crisis sequel or reboot, but just enough to remind me that what I was really asking for isn't happening. (laughs) If anything, it might have actually moved farther away, because it seems unlikely that a studio that hasn't been making any futuristic dinosaur games in a long time is going to suddenly make, you know, two of them. Now, I don't intend to throw Capcom completely under the bus here. It's possible that the company was truly unaware of the gaming public's continuing interest for a new entry in the Dino Crisis series. Or perhaps the developers believe that this new Exoprimal game is close enough to the source material that gamers would accept it in the place of the game that we really wanted. In time, perhaps we will. But either way, this game is not the Dino Crisis that we've been asking and waiting for. It may look a little like it, It may have some elements in common with it. It may even be inspired by this iconic franchise. But what we asked Capcom for is clearly not being created, leaving me to wonder if our requests were simply lost in translation, misinterpreted, or something far worse. They're being answered in a way that is designed to intentionally misdirect us to accept a counterfeit answer. The truth is that our desire to have the Dino Crisis game that we've been asking for may have been heard by ears other than those who have an interest in making that specific game. And now they are taking that request and designing something close enough to satisfy us. If we squint hard enough, we may be able to trick ourselves into thinking it really is Dino Crisis, simply with a different name. That's what you're going to do, isn't it? (laughs) It might. And if Exoprimal turns out to be good enough, we may forget about the Dino Crisis game that we were originally asking for, in the first place. We are more prone to these dino crisis substitution in our lives than we may care to admit. Most of us have prayed to the Lord for some specific request, but all too often we're too happy to accept the very first answer that comes, a response that may not have come from him and does not have our best interest at heart. 
We pray about a specific path to take in life, maybe a relationship, mm -hmm. a job that comes up, or any large decision, really. But in our desire to move towards the response that we would prefer, we take the first one that comes along. Yep. <laughs> or maybe just the one that sounds close enough to feel right. Mm -hmm. Most of my largest missteps in life came from what I thought was the result of me mishearing God. But it turns out I never really misheard anything. I heard something very clearly, only it wasn't the Lord that was providing me with the answer. It was a counterfeit response that tapped into what I wanted to hear and when I wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm instead of listening for what God was truly saying to me. And if the idea that our prayers can be intercepted and answered in a way that leads us down the wrong path ruffles your theology a little bit, uh, you may want to buckle up. We're going to head into some deep waters today. In 1 Kings chapter 22, we get the story of Ahab, Jehoshaphat, and a battle that's about to transpire between Syria and Israel. I'll just read through it very quickly. Three years had passed. There had been no war during that time between Syria and Israel. And in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to visit Ahab, the king of Israel. The king of Israel said to his servants, Did you know that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, but we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight at Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. So Ahab gathered the prophets together, 400 of them, and said, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to fight or shall I refrain? And these 400 prophets all said, go up, the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Jehoshaphat said, is, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we can inquire of him? And Ahab said, there's still one man, Micaiah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he does not <laughs> prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Jehoshaphat said, uh, maybe you shouldn't say those kind of things out loud. So the quick <laughs> and simple backdrop to this story is that this occurs many years after Israel had been split into two separate nations, both of which were operating independently of each other. They had their own separate kings and armies and everything. Jehoshaphat was a God-fearing king, and he served the tribes that were identified as Judah. Ahab was a wicked, idol-worshipping king, and he was leading the tribes that made up what we called the country of Israel. And at this time, there was a truce between Judah and Israel. And Ahab was trying to use Jehoshaphat and his military to help Ahab in his conquest of some land that Syria had taken. Now, Jehoshaphat, he made the sensible call here. He wanted to seek the guidance and blessing of God on such a dangerous endeavor. And Ahab obliged by gathering 400 of his personally selected false prophets, to bless this undertaking and satisfy Jehoshaphat's concerns. Now, fortunately, Jehoshaphat was not convinced, and he asked for a less biased Which answer. Which is, you know, to me, really interesting. He wasn't convinced, and it was 400 people, and you're still not convinced. Well, I mean, anytime 400 people agree with each other, that might already <laughs> be a sign that it's... <laughs> have you been to a church service? <laughs> but to Ahab's credit, he did know where to find a prophet of the Lord. But Ahab wasn't overly fond of the answers he would receive because they were never what he wanted to hear. But Jehoshaphat persisted, and as we continue through the verses, we're going to see that this prophet with the unpopular answers was invited to the party. In 1 Kings 22, verses 15 through 23, he 
comes to the king. The king says, Micaiah, well, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or should we hold back? And Micaiah answered, sounds like kind of sarcastically, go and prosper. The Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Ahab clearly was picking up on this and said, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Because obviously Micaiah didn't say that God told him to say that. Mm-hmm. So Micaiah's response, it was the unpopular message that Ahab didn't want to hear. <laughs> I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. So Ahab turns to Jehoshaphat and says, didn't I tell you? He would, only, he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Then Micaiah said, all right, you want to hear the truth? Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> and and this, is, this is going to be a story that might be kind of hard to hear. Said, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, all the host of heaven standing by on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said, in what way? So the spirit said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. The Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Then Micaiah finishes his his story saying, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. Ahab had received the immediate and favorable answer he wanted from his false prophets. Micaiah, on the other hand, had a much more somber and troubling message. He did more than just predict the disaster that would shortly unfold. Micaiah pulled back the curtain to explain how and why Ahab was getting such a conflicting message. The truth is that Ahab knew exactly where to find the right answer from the Lord, but he had made the decision to surround himself with counterfeit forms of validation instead. And before we judge him too harshly, if I'm being honest with myself, I've done the same thing. I have pulled verses out of context in my personal life to support what I wanted to hear, and convince myself that the Lord would bless the things that I was already intending to do. Like Ahab, I have told my well-meaning friends and family members just enough of the story to get them to see my perspective and support my thought processes. Just as Ahab has done here, I created enough false validation systems in my life that I was actually able to blind myself to the truth that I didn't want to accept, that I was only deceiving myself and sending God up to take the blame for my inevitable failure. So I have to keep it painfully real here. For myself as much as anyone else, almost every major setback I have experienced in my life has one root cause issue at its heart. Me. Sure, there are many storms I've faced that were the result of enemy attacks, or maybe just the natural trials and tribulations that we all experience in life. But if I'm willing to be fully honest with myself, I have been the Ahab in many of these stories. I have accepted the first answer to prayer that I received because it was the one that I wanted, but it wasn't an answer from the Lord. It was an answer from my flesh, or perhaps an answer from a source other than from the Father. I know this is a troubling subject, believe me, I know. But one of the most challenging selection of verses in the Bible doubles down on this exact and very uncomfortable truth. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12, it says, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, 
with all power, signs, and lying wonders, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Here's the painful reality that I've had to accept. Many times I am the villain of my own story. I'm trying to figure out who sabotaged my life only to pull a Scooby-Doo, pull off the mask, and realize it was me. <laughs> I was opening myself up to deception the whole time. I walked outside of the Lord's will for my life. I ignored his direction that didn't align with what I wanted to hear. Once I walked far enough away from his sheltering arms, then I would raise my hands to the heavens and ask why I'm out here all alone in the pouring rain. Yeah. I believed the lies because deep down inside, I wanted to. They told me what I wanted to hear. Just as James pointed out in his epistle, God does not tempt us. It is our own desire for that dino crisis that we have been waiting for that can easily result in settling for the exoprimal choice that is currently being offered to us. James 1, 13 through 16, he says, Let no one say, when they're tempted, I am tempted by God. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived. Our Father only has good gifts for his children, but these gifts may not always be the ones we had in mind. His answer to our prayers requires physical patience and spiritual discernment, as they may not always be the first responses that arrive. The Lord is not a rewarder of those who casually seek him so we can validate our specifically requested answers to prayer. Ahab found this out the hard way. The Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and are authentically seeking guidance on how we can please and serve him, not those who seek to use his power to gratify ourselves and our personal desires. In each of the dino crisis conundrums that we find ourselves dealing with in life, we have to make a choice. Do we accept an exoprimal substitute because it's, you know, close enough? Just because there are a lot of similarities between the two doesn't mean that they have anything to do with each other. And perhaps we've already received the answer to our dino crisis question. It just isn't the response we right. wanted. Maybe it's just not going to happen. And that could be for the best. The Lord has only the best in mind for each of us. And falling in love with what we would prefer for him to do instead of what he actually intends to do, has been a problem ever since Jesus came as the Messiah we needed, but not the Messiah that they seem to want. It can be easy to mistake what we think God is telling us with what we want to hear if we surround ourselves, like Ahab did, with the wrong influences and listen to the wrong voices. If we're determined to get the wrong answer to the question, it will find a way to be presented to us. It is only by surrendering ourselves to the will of Christ, taking the entirety of the Lord's word in context, and being willing to submit to his potentially undesired answer that we, along with Jesus, can truly say, not my will, but yours be done. We'll finish with James 1.7, where he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift 
is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We truly hope that this encouraged you today, and if you would like to connect with us or check out some of our other content, such as our videos, articles, daily devotions, and gaming streams, we can be found at Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.